This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 567, How to Deal with the Vulnerability Hangover, part two, by Kristen Wong of thewildwong.com, and I'm Justin Mollick. Happy Friday, welcome back to Optimal Living Daily, a podcast with a crazy vision of bringing thousands of blogs to audio for free, and sometimes even books. Today's post is a continuation from yesterday, so if you're new here, I'd recommend checking out yesterday's episode first, and then continuing on with this one. And since it's Friday, let's keep this intro nice and short and start optimizing your life. How to Deal with a Vulnerability Hangover, Part 2, by Kristen Wong of thewildwong.com. Improving Cognitive Function. According to Yurik Stodson Law, a state of comfort equals steady performance. When you feel stimulated though, even when that stimulation is the minor stress of breaking out of your comfort zone, your performance actually improves. In other words, feeling the vulnerability of leaving your comfort zone might just improve your cognitive abilities. When you decide to take a chance and put yourself out there, maybe via raising your hand in a work meeting to share a new idea, you're not just doing the same old thing. You're stimulated and mental stimulation and cognition go hand in hand. Ditching your comfort zone. Vulnerability makes you uncomfortable. And again, sometimes a little bit of discomfort is a good thing. Inertia, the tendency to stagnate or stay on the same course, can be debilitating. It makes even the simplest task seem overwhelming. A lot of people feel vulnerable when they deal with money, for example. Instead of embracing that discomfort and taking a look at their bank statements, they keep doing the same thing. They spend as they please and ignore their budgets altogether. It's uncomfortable to look at your numbers when you know they're probably going to reveal you've got money problems after all. You definitely feel vulnerable. However, putting an end to that inertia makes you stronger, helps you grow, and in the case of this example, can help you finally get your finances together. There's an important caveat to all of this though. Too much stimulation can be so stressful that it has the opposite effect and causes a decline in performance. In other words, there's probably such a thing as too much vulnerability. How to embrace vulnerability productively. Yerk Stadsen Law says that too much anxiety can actually make you too stressed to be productive. So if your vulnerability hangover is so bad you can't function, you're no longer getting the benefit of putting yourself out there. So what's the optimal amount of vulnerability? How do you reap the benefits of ditching your comfort zone without letting the stress completely destroy you? There's not a lot of science on this, but here are a few anecdotal tactics I've used to find that balance. Practice. For me, nothing feels more vulnerable than negotiating. Yes, I love the rush of confidence I get from speaking up for myself. The money is pretty great too when I can swing it, but I feel so damn exposed every single time. Practice helps mitigate this anxiety. I practice how I'll bring up the negotiation, how a client might respond, and how I'll respond to that word for word. This makes it a hell of a lot easier to speak up in the first place and it helps calm my nerves during the anxiety of a vulnerability hangover. Just like rehearsing helps when you're giving a speech, It can also help with other vulnerable tasks like confronting a friend or bringing up an idea to your boss. The more you practice, the more comfortable you get putting yourself out there. The hangover isn't quite as awful. Find a friend. I found that it also helps to have the support of a friend. After negotiating, the first thing I usually do is text a good friend to vent my anxiety and she's so great at reassuring me. It feels better to have that support, but can also help to piggyback on their confidence. For example, I absolutely dread networking events because I'm incredibly nervous when meeting new people. Whenever possible, I try to invite a good friend who's great at talking to people. 
She's as introverted as I am, but she's also a skilled communicator, super charismatic, and can strike up a conversation with just about anyone. Her confidence encourages me to relax and do the same. Schedule your hangover. Back in the day, I used to write essays about my own experiences with money over at the blog Get Rich Slowly. When I knew my post was going live, I was a complete wreck. I would fret over the comments and potential judgment from readers. It was my first experience sharing personal thoughts, opinions, and events in my life, and it was terrifying. After a few months of dealing with his anxiety, I learned to give myself some breathing room. I would wake up early and set aside an hour to go through comments, reread my post, and allow myself to process the vulnerability hangover. Then I'd shut down the page, walk away from my laptop, and start my day. Anxiety is even worse when it happens smack dab in the middle of your schedule. When you schedule the time to deal with it separately, however, it's much more manageable. That aforementioned digital detox really helped me keep the stress at bay too. Sometimes you need your comfort zone. Taking a few days to revel in my comfort and privacy made me feel recharged and ready to deal with the anxiety of putting myself back out there. You just listened to part two of the post titled How to Deal with a Vulnerability Hangover by Kristen Wong of thewildwong.com. Have a very happy Friday and great start to your weekend. Thank you for listening and I'll see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.